Marie, thank you for joining us this morning. Um, delighted to be able to sit down properly and have a chat with you guys. Welcome to the City Shapers podcast. Thanks for having thank us, Andrew. Where do you join us from this morning? We are North Sydney in uh, New South Wales. Now, one of the things I'm, I'm fascinated with your business is is husband and wife in business together. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's the elephant in the room. Let's start with that. What's it like? Who's our elephant? <laughs> I, really, I actually like it. She's so, the boss. So it's, it, it actually boss. works yeah. out perfectly. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. being in business together is one of those things that we get asked a lot about. Yeah. And like I said, I actually do like it. And, you know, I think it's, <laughs> I actually, I actually think it's a great <laughs> honour to be able to actually, you know, know that the majority of your time, your life mm-hmm. is spent at work, but you get to actually spend it with somebody that you really want to be with. Uh, you know, we, we, uh, we love it. So, and look, in terms of how we work on a daily basis, our roles are quite different and we're, we're really cautious of that to make sure that what we each bring to the table is, is something uh, quite different and, you know, we like to stay in our own lane. So, so it works. There's, it been, works. there's been many a time, sorry to talk over you there, but like, <laughs> there's been many a time where I've tried to get into the design style of things and I've been vetoed quite quickly about, you know, get back in your lane, get it highest and best use. And, and it is one of the things we focus on. Uh, rather than trying to learn another area where somebody in our team is exceptionally exceptional at that already, um, we've got more of a philosophy of being whatever you're great at, staying in that lane and being exceptional at it, and using the highest and best use of your time in that in that area. Uh, and it works really well. We have a small team, but we get a lot done. We achieve a lot for a small team because we work in sync so well. So let's go back to the very start. Um, how did you guys start Fiducia the the business? Uh, that started back in, I started developing in 2001 uh, from uh, originally when I first started school as a plumber. So I went into the building trade for a little while there and realised that I was a little bit uh, oversized to fit under houses and up into roofs too easily and get through manholes. Uh, six, four and a half and I'm about 110 kilos and getting in under buildings and houses, trying to fit into tight gaps was not one of my fortes. Uh, I liked the industry, but I, but I knew there was more and, and I just had an entrepreneurial flair as a, uh, in my youth uh, and then ended up going into a, into a security career as a bodyguard for quite some years um, through sports. And as a bodyguard, I ended up then being introduced to a businessman, travelled with this businessman who then mentored me um, and I worked with Peter for oh, two and a half years. We travelled together, uh, and he mentored me in property. Uh, and he was one of the uh, one of the great starts of property here in, in Australia about twenty five years ago in uh, in Reefer. And he taught me the skill set of it, skill set of adding value, where, how, what to look for. And from that, I adopted that, and then took another ride from that, and just developed it further and further. Uh, and then, being developing first project was Bellevue Hill in two thousand one. That's extraordinary. I don't think yeah, I've spoken to anyone that's come out of that line of work. I know property is very diverse, but that's that's one of the more diverse uh, yeah. entry into the into the industry. And Marie, when did then you join the business? So then we started producer in two thousand and four, mm. and uh, we were originally a little garage out the back of Crow's Nest and quite a small team. Yeah. And since then, uh, you know, I joined the team. I joined the team quite early on then, and you know, it's it's just been a ride ever since. So we started out in refurb. So Fiducia was the original block. We used to buy blocks of red brick apartments down in Bondi, all over Sydney, and we used to do refurb yeah. models on them. 
And we had that down pat. We knew that if we bought a block of six and we did this to it, this is how much we would make. And so we just repeated that over and over again. And we were quite hands-on back then. I mean, I remember being pregnant. We've got three daughters between us. And I remember being pregnant, rolling walls till sort of 2 a.m. in the morning sometimes. So, you know, we've, we've been on the tools, we've done that, and, and we've grown our business to what it is today, which is now, you know, a lot of new build, boutique, res, uh, and, and multiple other projects. So it's, it's been quite the journey. And so tell us then, what is Fiducia today? How many projects? Where are they? What types of projects? Absolutely. So Fiducia today, uh, we've, we've done over 70 buildings now. Today, uh, almost half a billion or over half a billion dollars worth of worth of property is now all in that boutique rest space. Uh, we, we're now mostly uh, new build in medium and small density, high-end residential, mostly owner-occupier stock. Yeah. Uh, we've really moved from being sort of an investment-style model where we used to sell everything through planners and it was all sort of that kind of stock to very high-end stock now. And we've really mastered that with our brand and what it is today. Uh, so and we're, we're quite proud of that, all the collaborations and the people we work with now really form our identity and our brand of, of who we are. So, and then I'm interested then to understand how, how your respective sort of um, track records and experiences are now being applied into into this, obviously been out of the trades. And Marie, I'm, I'm not sure I didn't gather what your, what your background was before Fiducia. The philosophy that we've always had as a team, and I think individually as well, um, prior to us even being together, was always about, um, you know, the, the, the level of um, quality that you're doing no matter what you're doing. So even going back to when I was plumbing and when I was a bodyguard and, and the roles that I had, it was always giving you absolute 110% no matter what you did. Um, and we've, I've had, always had an entrepreneurial fleur and so has Marie, and I think the combined efforts of what we do in our day-to-day operation, like you know, we have pretty pretty busy lives, three children. I'm up at 5 a.m. every day in the boxing gym by 5:45. Um, you know, and our days kick off quite early, and every and we don't finish till you know. By the time you actually lay down or sit down, it's probably about 9:30 at night, 10 o'clock at night. So they're busy days, but it's always an attitude of gratitude and an attitude that we, you know, internally that you're just doing your absolute best every day. Um, and I think that's that's the culture that we created within the business as well. And the people that we end up attracting that work with us are people that want to actually considerably do the, uh, an outstanding job at whatever they're doing every single day. Um, and then we've been able to build a team around that. And Marie, um, and she'll talk a little bit about her, her previous career and things coming into this. But I think from my perspective, it's always been how can we do the job that we do at the absolute peak level and be better at all the time? How can we go back and review what can we do better this time? How can we change our model to be a, a better, more advanced model and continue on that, that sort of basis? And that, I guess, ties into, Adam, your, your questionnaire of where my background comes from. So when I was 19, I got thrown sort of into the world of personal development and events and, and really spent a lot of time travelling the world meeting incredible people, uh, being at incredible events and really, really growing that knowledge base that I had around personal and professional development. And then I then uh, did a stint in actually recruitment uh, for, for a while there, which was really interesting. My background uh, from university is actually a Bachelor of Commerce and, and Human Resource Management. So to me, I love people. Uh, and, I, you know, for me also, I guess my passion comes from 
property because it, it is people focused, definitely people focused. I also love the um, love the technical side of things. I love the the finance side of things. To me, that's that really gets me jazzed. Not so much Ben, and then the creativity side of it as well. So. For me, both of those things are quite important and I find that with property, I get to achieve a lot of that through what we do. So talk about your projects now. I mean, take one that you've got on the table, for example. I mean, what, what sort of projects, how are, you, how are you taking those things that you're referring to, the passion, 110%, um, the creativity and applying them through your projects? In a, in a largely male-dominated industry, being construction, being development, um, it, it's it's extremely exciting to see strong, passionate female um, developers and entrepreneurs in this industry. And we're surrounded, or I'm surrounded by, by by strong, powerful women, which is amazing. And on every one of our projects, we tend to take tend to take a, a um, not a not formally a feminine approach, but an approach where we're looking at it from the male perspective and the female perspective. And a lot of our buildings end up being, being um, you know, named after powerful women and have that sort of look and feel about them to begin with in our branding and marketing. If you look at Harriet, it's a strong redhead um, lady that's, you know, portrayed in the in all of brand, in our branding. Um, and I think that, you know, being a developer, again, it's, you know, what can we do better than what we did last time? And that's some of the stuff that Marie brought into the development side of things where her passion as a strong, powerful female entrepreneur and businesswoman flows over into what we do. It is. It's really about creating almost an avatar for our project. So we go, if this was the, the look and feel of the project, what does that project embody? You know, who is the person that's going to buy it? Who is the target audience, you know? Who is Harriet, essentially, you know? And th- this is the allure that we try to create with our projects. So it definitely starts with branding uh, as, as a first port of call. We're certainly not just about, you know, a, a slapped-up design and what does that look like. For us, it's about considering the community, the impact, the landscape of what we're doing. We really look to that. So as an example, Neutral Bay, the Harriet, We've pulled on a lot of the Art Deco cues of the area. It's, it's got a lot of heritage and, and uh, is quite steeped in that Art Deco um, era. So, you know, the curves of Harriet using the exposed brickwork, using some of the material palette of beautiful rich green marbles, things like that. We really try to, to pull all of that together. Uh, and then in terms of the collaboration and who we put on a team when we're creating a project, we look at everything. So we look at uh, who is going to be the architect, who is going to be the interior designer, who is going to do the placemaking for the project, who is going to be the sales agent for the project. All of those things make up uh, what is a successful project to us. And it's not always going to be the same salespeople because they might not have the ability to be able to convey the message that we want for that particular project. So for us, when we're considering a project, it's really so much more than just going, oh, let's just name it this and let's just get an architect to throw some, you know, sketches together and some pictures. For us, it's about the embodiment of it. We did a project in Northbridge called The Grace and I remember the girls who were the real estate agents for it started calling each other Grace. Hey, Grace, hey, Grace. Like it became who they were and it was a successful sellout project and I think, you have to go above and beyond. And these are probably some of the things we don't talk about on a daily basis to people external to our business. But to us, that's how we function yeah. on a day-to-day basis. 
I think it's so it's so powerful. I mean, when you when you think about property, and I get the great privilege of being able to have lots of these conversations, and it's very very rare. I think this is the first time where I'm able to have this conversation with a husband and wife. And when, <laughs> when you when you then when you then think about homes and the way that they get acquired, it's usually a family unit. And it's usually a husband or wife, or a husband and a husband, or a wife and a wife. Um, and so. So the interesting dynamic that you guys take within your business and then apply that to um, to to the way that you develop projects is fascinating and it's so it's so sympathetic to the way that um, people acquire property. Um, so it's unique. I want to keep tapping into this. So then, how do you um, think about design? Then, how, where do you think this partnership of of uh, of the two of you improves the way that? the living areas and the social areas and the private areas get created? I, I think it's, you know, it ends up milling around who we want to work with as an architect, who we think is going to be the right fit for the location of the project. So Harry, for example, uh, PVD, Paul is, is a phenomenal architect um, and they're looking to feel of what was happening within the area. So we researched who, who was going to be the most prominent architect to work in, in North City Council and particularly in Neutral Bay because Neutral Bay is quite fastidious in the way that every, they want everything to look and feel like it fits in, not a stark white building set amongst beautiful existing brick buildings and sandstone that have been there for the last 100 years. They really like the things fit in and mould into the um, to the architecture of what's already there. Um, and so we, we like the idea of that. So it was about finding the right architect to work with for the exterior and the look and feel and how we would create this into the pocket that we're in. And then for us, it was also how do we critique the interiors? Um, so we wanted to go another level and, and create this, this, this beautiful persona of Harriet and we wanted to have, we had a particular look and idea that we wanted for the interior. So we went with Alexander and co, Jeremy Bull. Uh, and working with him, working with Paul and him are his delight. Jeremy just has a way of critiquing an interior, which is just, it's poetic. So for us, it was, you know, well, I've got my interests, Maria has her interests. Then we listen to our team and then we listen to the architects and we work as a whole unit. So it's not just you design it and we'll say yes or no. It's like, well, let's, figure this out, like what do we all want to see? So one of the ideas within the building is there was a, a bunch of area which was designated storerooms, but we could already fit storerooms for everybody else. And I said, well, I love wine and I'd love to see a, a wine club downstairs and that's called the Harriet Club. So it would be nice to have beautiful designated K, um, security you know, wine racking systems for each of the owners and a beautiful big long boardroom, you know, club-style boardroom table and some chairs and just Make it feel like it was an extension of your own lounge room, but downstairs. So if you want to sit with other people, you can. You can book it out, but there's only ten residences, so it's quite exclusive. And then there's a you know hidden pantry area and kitchen facilities behind. Mm. Um, so it was about what we like, and then so that was one of my wishes for it. And then that, it just blew up from there, and everybody to redesign and how we're going to have beautiful paneled walls, so it makes it feel comfortable and warm for people to come into. So it just, it's an involvement of um, each of our ideas as what we like and then the architects, what's working well and then ideas from our team as well. Um, it's always a collaborative approach. It's never my idea is better than yours. It's like working within the confines of, of how we are as a group and we extend out. I think 
I think our approach is just everything needs to be considered and thought out. Yeah. I don't think there's any one part of the design that we do leave off the table. I think, you know, when we're looking at plans, uh, it's the same with when I look at a feasibility, right? I look at a feasibility and it's not numbers on the page. I want to understand the project and what those numbers mean in terms of an entire project. So, you know, it's about painting that visual picture for yourself and how people would actually in this instance, live and operate in a space. You know, we've found the involvement of kitchens, for instance, has become so much more important and so much more key in people's decision-making, particularly in owner-occupier stock. I mean, people now like walk-in pantries or butler's pantries. Appliances are now key. You know, central islands with lots of space, something that feels like it's the heart where people are drawn into the kitchen. All of these things have become an evolutionary process and interestingly, it is how we also live and how we like to live because for us, you know, if we can translate our lifestyle and and who we are into our product, I think that's, that's, you know, it's important to us because we believe in that then, you know, and that passion will come through if it's something that is, is close to what we expect in our lives it's something that we would expect other people to potentially like as well it's increasingly clear that your projects are an extension of yourselves and our reflection of yourselves and the way that you live your life Uh, i'm interested to tap into some of the other elements of your life as well um balancing work uh you talked about those boundaries earlier uh balancing work with family i'm interested to understand your philosophy about that balance and what kind of compromises you may have had to make, what kind of um, tools and systems and techniques that you're using to to do those things. Let's just talk about family life. Uh, okay, so it's it's definitely a juggle. Like, um, so, <sighs> so you know, own, owning your own business and having children is a juggle. I've never taken maternity leave. I've never had time at home with my children and I think one of the greatest gifts COVID gave us was that opportunity to me for me to be at home with my children the day. during the day. Absolutely, um, but I certainly haven't taken a prolonged period of time off work to raise my children or anything like that. Um, I, I'm also of the opinion that I'm happy with that also, and I, you know, I, I loved doing it this way and taking the kids to work and showing them sights and all those sorts of things and. And look, every day is a challenge. Absolutely. Every day is definitely a challenge. Uh, getting up in the morning, getting three kids out the door, all the rest of it, it is definite, definitely a challenge and, and it's full on. What I think uh, from a balanced perspective for us, it's about really understanding what your values are and what your priorities are. And for us, we're very clear that family is a priority for us, family at work and family in our own family unit as well. Our our team members are like family to us. Uh, So, you know, those values are really, really important. And I think when you are clear and you've got clarity around those values, it's easy to make priorities of what's important. Yes, we work really, really hard. We also spend a lot of time with our family and we also spend a lot of time with our friends enjoying our life because that is our priority. Um, you know, we do spend a lot of time at the office and, and you know, that, that is key to our success, absolutely. It's also getting that balance right as well. Yeah, look, my, my day starts at 5 a.m. because otherwise I find that if I don't get up early enough, I don't get to train and I don't get that energy release that I need as an individual. So 
I'm up at five, I'm back at home by 7 a.m. So I get the first two hours of the day, which is my time to do whatever I want. Uh, and then, you know, you get home at 7 a.m. And, and everything picks up, you know, the world awakes and it's, it's off and running and I get to surf once a week and be in the, in the, in the surf for sunrise. Uh, and it's making sure that we spend, like Marie said, spending time with friends, family, and separate. So, you know, friends and family sometimes mixed, but separate with hanging out with our friends, uh, making sure we're doing dinners with friends and family, uh, making sure we've got plenty of time for the kids. You know, like every night we're home pretty much because uh, I want to be home. I want to hang out. You know, we, we make sure we're doing stuff there. It's interesting to them as well as us. Um, and on weekends, it's, again, finding that balance. I think it's... Now, I like to try and do things with a, with a bit of an 80-20 mindset. 80% of the time I'm really good, 20% of the time I get to play up. So 80% of the time I, you know, I work, work hard, I'm, I'm on, on top of everything. 20% of the time I get to do you know, the, the developer Friday lunches, which used to be an institution in this country, but you know, they've kind of vanished over the last you know, few years and there's not many of them now. But I, I do see the importance of having a Friday lunch. Um, and networking with other peers and other industry people. Uh, you know, you were talking about Luke uh, with Third Eye before we, we caught up and had a lunch a few weeks ago and we have great synergies between us. I mean, he is an exceptional developer and an exceptional company uh, and we love what they do. And so when you get to network and have lunches with other like-minded people, it's amazing. Um, so again, it's the 80-20 balance and with, with family, with friends, and, and it's, it's a work in progress every day. I never beat myself up if I haven't been exceptional that day. I just have a chance of resetting tomorrow and getting better at what I, you know, what I was trying to do. Now we're uh, we're almost out of time, but I do just want to look towards the future a little bit. I mean, what are your what are your visions both for your business and and for family and the balance in life? And I guess how do you see yourselves involved in in that into the future? Uh, it's it's exciting. We, I love our industry. I love seeing what's happening and evolving. I love the resilience of, of Australia as a country. Uh, when when you look back over what's happened over the last sort of twenty years, the resilience of Australians and our economy as a country is quite amazing. Um, we just always seem to have a rebound mechanism in this country, which touch wood, it, it, it never changes. Uh, the industry, you know, I've seen uh, the inquiries and sales picking up just literally in the last two weeks. Everything's just, there's been another push, another drive. I know other fellow developers are, are finding and experiencing the same. And again, again, it depends where. Um, I think it's all about uh, the best possible quality, the best poss- possible price. Um, clients aren't overpaying, but they want absolute quality. They want to be able to change and and. and work with you to guide the changes within their apartments. Not that's your choice and you can have blue or white. It's there's your choice. How can we make it better? What do we need to do to craft it to be your new home? Um, so there's a lot of that. And I think the industry, the people that are smart enough to know and recognise and do that uh, are going to do really well. Um, there's really good building reforms um, coming in from the building commissioner, uh, building commissioner, which I think are fantastic. I think there's great changes in there that needed to be implemented into the building industry. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm part of a few panels for that as well. And I see those changes only evolving and making our industry better. So I'm, I'm really happy with all that. Uh, and I think it's uh, moving forward. We've got some pretty big projects. We've got a really big one up on the central coast, up in Tugra. Uh, our site is 16 hectares up there. So it's, it's a monster site. We're right on the train station. 
smack on the train line right there. Um, so we're doing a big transport orientated development up there. So, you know, there's going to be up to 1,600 apartments we could fit on this site. We're talking to a film studio at the moment. We're talking some build to rent um, fund managers. So there's a massive project pipeline for us, which is pretty exciting. And I love the, the boutique um, high-end residential apartment buildings like Harry that we do. We just built a couple of beautiful high-end um, homes down in Greenwich as well. We've got, we're about to build another one. So we're, we're quite diverse. Uh, in, in, in what we do. So it's not just all boutique. It's, you know, we've got um, what will end up being the built to rent and, the, and the, the target precinct and the master plan that we're doing there um, and then the smaller one. So it's, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's exciting. I think yeah. the, the future of fiduciary is a very positive one. Like I, I, in terms of family for us, it's always been about creating a, a long-term legacy for our children. You know, there's nothing better than driving past a building in Sydney and being able to tell your children, oh, we built that. Yeah. And I think for us, you know, um, we've started out in urban in- infill and, and regeneration. <clears throat> However, the way that I see us unfolding in the future is, is so much larger than that. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's really great to be a part of such a, an impactful industry that is property development here in Australia. Now, Marie, I think you referred to it as Sydney needing its its shine back uh, in our in our <laughs> summit. I think you guys are definitely definitely putting some shine on the Sydney market uh, as well. You're doing great work. Um, really delighted that you could have joined us today. Um, I'm fascinated by the partnership that you've created both in life and in property as well. So, thank you for joining us on the City Shapers podcast. We'll follow you closely uh, and look after yourselves. Thank you.